Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Out of the Fishbowl. The question I want to leave you with today is, who are you when no one is watching? Robert McKee said this, character is revealed when pressure is applied. And Steve Maraboli said, the truth of your character is expressed through the choice of your actions. The truth of your character is expressed through the choice of your actions. And then Dr. Zeus put it this way, be who you are and say how you feel, because those who mind don't matter, and those who matter don't mind. You have brains in your head, you have feet in your shoes, you can steer yourself in any direction you choose. I'm Brett Fish, and I'm going to be exploring character and integrity in an episode called... Episode 3, Just in Luck. is revealed when pressure is applied. I really like that one, but I have to admit that pressure is quite a challenging one for me in a number of ways, in a number of spaces. The first one that comes to mind, and people that know me will know this, is, is losing in a board game because I am very competitive. I like to play board games and I really hate to lose. And I've got a lot better over time. But it's been a continual kind of back and forth struggle of when I'm losing, I get very silent or I try to make excuses about why I lost and why the game was against me instead of just owning and acknowledging that, that someone beat me on the day. But for me, board games are like puzzles. It's like this thing that I want to figure out and, and beat, get the better of. And, and so when, when I can't do that, I think there's some kind of internal identity loss that's taking place. Like I'm less than because this thing beat me or someone else beat me at it or Maybe because I think board games are one of the things that I'm, I'm pretty good at. Compared to most things, I'm, I'm quite average at a lot of things. But board games are, are something that I'm, I'm really good at. Um, I used to be the, the national Catan champion and got to compete in the world champs and came seventh in the world. So that feels like, okay, cool. This is something that I'm, I'm fairly good at. I'm, I'm fairly decent at. And yet, losing in a board game... I would often find that the, the pressure there would be very telling on my character. And I've had to do a lot of work, and that sounds silly in board games, I've had to do a lot of work, but, but in terms of my character and integrity in life, it is demonstrated by how badly I lose, what I say to other people, how my mood changes, how I'm affected for the rest of the evening, that kind of thing. And then another space where I've really struggled, and this is again something I talk about a lot, is on the hockey field. That, that often it's when something happens to, to one of the other players on my side, I lose it. And because I'm not really great at hockey, like people that are really good at hockey, when, when something goes wrong, they can use their skills to make you look like an idiot. I don't have the skills at hockey to kind of get my revenge on the field. And so typically it comes out of my mouth. I'll say things that are not really friendly or pleasant. And I'll try belittle people or try psychologically wear people down so that I can gain an advantage that way. And often it's, it's very unpleasant. I don't walk off the hockey field feeling like that person is representative of me. And yet it was me. That is me in that moment losing character often, losing integrity because of things that I've said or because of my attitude towards another player. And then one of the places where I really struggle is this idea of shaking hands after a game as if nothing's happened. Like somebody's just called me this hectic thing 
and then the game ends and then everyone's smiling and shaking hands and I'm like no if you if you were a dick on the hockey field you're not suddenly not a dick off the hockey field and and it kind of it kind of mirrors this idea that people can be offensive and rude and whatever on social media because that's social media that's not real but in real life that person's a real that person's a really good person that person's a person of character and integrity no the person that you are online is a reflection of who you are offline if you're a dick online then i'm sorry but but you can't be a good person a nice person filled with character and integrity offline because that is a reflection of who you are and so own, like own it on the hockey field. If, if you've been terrible, if you've been awful, if you've, if you've been like violent in a sense, don't suddenly be friendly and want to shake my hand. Like that bit I don't understand. And the sportsmanship of people that can have, have taken so much like abuse and whatever on the field and then suddenly just be, be happy and friendly. I've got a lot to learn from my teammates who are incredible at that. And that's a place where, where pressure gets to me, where I really struggle with it. Another one is traffic. And as I was thinking about traffic, I was thinking it's largely dependent on time. My time is largely flexible. And so I usually have a lot of control over when I go to things and when I don't go to things. And if I'm ahead of the game and if I leave early for something and if I'm not in a hurry to get there, I will be the most pleasant person in traffic. I will let everybody in. I will smile at people. I'll wave. I'll be bopping to the music. I will be the raddest guy in traffic but yet if usually because of my fault i'm late i've waited till the last minute i've tried to do one last thing before i leave or i forgot that thing and and suddenly i'm in traffic but i'm needing to get somewhere then it's easy to lose my cool and in a sense blame everyone else for what was my mistake and so people that are trying to push in or people that are, are being whatever on the road and, and just get angry and aggro and lose my cool and it's easy to let the pressure kind of crack my character and integrity on the road. So those are just three spaces where I really struggle with pressure. And with pressure, does it make me into a better person? Or does the, the evil and the, the badness and the, the, the lack kind of come to the services? Are there areas that I need to work on that, that get shown up? whenever there's pressure and I wonder what those things are for you because maybe they manifest in different ways and spaces maybe it's at work maybe it's in relationships with your family or other people maybe some of you echo some of the examples that I've given and I think character and integrity can be gained or lost over time in a series of small steps although actually it's easier to lose it quickly in a moment but have to work hard to get it back. It's the same as trust. Trust is something that is gained over time, but through one action, one word, one, one bad moment, you can lose trust, one betrayal, and it will take days, weeks, months, years to get it back. Maybe sometimes you never get it back. But we also see that, that character and integrity can be lost more likely over time in a series of small steps, small actions, compromises, a little bit here, a little bit there, and over time, we start to view the cracks. Now, there's an amazing in the story, story in the Bible that demonstrates this, and I know a lot of you listening are not into the Bible, and it might not be something that you see as, as your space of truth or whatever, but I think the story is worth listening to because I think there's a truth in the story that you'll be able to see, and I hope it will resonate with your own life. And it's the story of a guy called David, and if you're not a, a Christian, not a Bible person, church person, then the things you probably know about David are that he was a king, 
And you've probably heard the story of David and Goliath, where this little shepherd boy takes on this giant and kills him. And you may have heard that David in the Bible is described, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, as a man after God's own heart. You may have heard that, you may not. But you, you'll have some idea of one or two stories about this David guy, maybe. And so there's a story that, that some of us are a little bit more familiar with. But it's the story of, of David, who is king of Israel. And he's walking along the top of his castle and he looks out and he sees this woman bathing and he thinks, I must have that woman. And so he gets her brought to him and they sleep together. And we can, we can look deeper at, at, at elements of power and elements of what choice the woman had and all those kind of things. And, and we, can, we can draw hectic things out of that story. We're not going to do that now. There's a lot to draw. But basically the woman gets pregnant and it turns out that she is married to one of the key people in David's army and so David brings back the soldier I think his name is Uriah brings him back because he wants it to make it look like he has got his wife pregnant he's trying to hide hide the fact he's trying to cover it up and so he brings Uriah back but Uriah is so full of character and integrity that he says my men are busy on the front fighting in a war how can I come home in luxury and live and sleep with my wife and do that. And so Uriah sleeps on the steps in public in front of the whole city. Everyone sees him sleeping on the steps. And so it's impossible because pregnancy by osmosis is not a thing that Uriah impregnated his wife. And so David is confounded and it's like, wow, that didn't work. And so David goes a step further and ends up getting one of his generals involved and committing what is actually treason because he organizes the death of Uriah, the death of the woman that he got pregnant, her husband. And he does that using his military. And I think if you read the, st the story carefully, you find that about 30 other people get killed as well. So it's this mass murder that David commits. And what's interesting to me about that story, there's, there's so many things you can look at. And in a previous episode, I spoke about this idea that, that the worst thing you ever did, should that thing define you for the rest of your life. And if you read stories of David, even later on when Jesus and others look back and refer to him, he is spoken as a man after God's own heart. And clearly through this story, we see again and again and again that he is not that. And so what that speaks to is the possibility of redemption. And so eventually David owns what he did. He takes the consequences. He He's repentant, he confesses, he lives differently, he transforms, he becomes that person that is a man after God's own heart. But, but part of his story is being someone that looks nothing like that. And we're not even going to go into that a bit more deeply. But what I want to look at this story is the part that I left out. And, and many people that read the story speak into the various things that we've spoken about. But one thing is so key to me that if you go and look at that story in the Bible, it starts with this line that says, at the time when kings were at war, David was at home. And so there was this expectation, there was this tradition, there was this place where David needed to be. It was the time when kings were at war and David was a king, but he was not at war. There was this compromise there was the settling for, that's where I'm meant to be, but instead I'm going to be here. I'm not, and it's not a big thing. I'm, I'm meant to be there. I'm not there. It's not, it's not the biggest deal. It's not murder. It's not treason. It's not rape. It's not any of those things. It's just, I'm not in the right place at the right time. 
But because David is not in the right place at the right time, he sees Bathsheba and, and he compromises by calling her over. And then he compromises by sleeping with a married woman. And then he compromises by bringing her husband home to try and trick him. And then he compromises by ordering the murder of her husband. And so there's this series of increasing, increasingly significant i think they get kind of worse and more hectic as they go on the first one he's not in the right place at the right time then it starts to be lying and betrayal and murder and rape and all those kind of things and it's, it just gets elevated on each step but it starts with a compromise and so compromise is the enemy of character just just one time no no one will know everyone's doing it what what are what are the sentences the phrases the ideas the little things whispered into your ear that allow you to compromise things that we pirate everyone's doing it taxes that we don't pay because we find loopholes but but everyone's doing it well this is legal like i can i can do this and i can write that and i can sneak that. what are the things that we are doing at the time when kings were at war where are you at the time when kings were at war, when there's a place that you're meant to be, when there's a thing that you're meant to be doing, when there's a thing that you're meant to be saying, where are you? Are you in that space? Are you living out your character and integrity? Or like David, are, are, you, are you putting a little bit of compromise in place? It's the same as telling a lie. You tell a little lie, then suddenly you've got to tell a little bit of a bigger lie to cover yourself with the first lie. And then eventually you're telling a bigger lie to cover that lie. And eventually... You are just full of deception and at some stage you get caught out. And so these things seldom happen quickly. Nobody, nobody wakes up and goes, I'm going to kill one of my best army generals. No, there's a compromise. I'm not going to be at war because I don't feel like being at war today. I'm, I'm going to stand on my castle wall. And then that compromise leads to a temptation, which leads to a bigger compromise, which leads to needing to cover that. And it just builds and escalates and there's another amazing verse in the bible actually that that talks about sin and it says when when temptation is given into it becomes desire and then that becomes sin and then sin becomes death and again these might be concepts and words that that are uncomfortable for you or that you don't believe in or whatever but that principle is there of a tiny little compromise or, or a desire that you know is wrong but 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 leaning into it and then then doing it and then doing something bigger and then that grows and then having to cover that and and so something small that eventually if unchecked can lead to destruction and often death and so it seldom happens quickly if we think of the idea of sand that is is being turned into a pearl if we think of coal that is being shaped pressured into a diamond if we think of water that carves through rock if you think of water i, spra I splash you with some water that doesn't hurt you I could splash you 50 times. You don't get hurt. But if you think of a drip of water on the side of a mountain that is landing on a rock, drip, drip, drip. And then over time, suddenly at some point you look at that rock and it's been worn away. Because the compromise, the pressure, the tiny little moments, tiny little moments over time add up and the compromises add up and become something significant sand into a pearl coal into a diamond water carving through a rock it seldom happens quickly we we see our character and our integrity taken away in in small doses in parts and when we've compromised a little bit it makes compromising more a lot easier 
and the results stand for themselves. With that story of David, the other thing is that at, at any point, David could have interrupted that journey that ultimately eventually led to his son dying. The baby that was birthed out of the pregnancy dies as a result and a consequence. And at any point, David had the power to interrupt that. At any point, he could have confessed, he could have owned up, he could have owned it, but he kept on trying to do the next thing. And it kept on escalating and it kept on getting out of control because he didn't interrupt it. And so for me on the hockey field, for me in the board games, for me in traffic, how do I interrupt the natural flow of things, which has been to lose my cool, which has been to, to be a bad sport, which has been to get angry, to get out of control? How do I interrupt that? What things do I put in place? There's a guy called Leland on my hockey team who is one of the most sportsman-like people I know, he'll be that guy that will get totally crushed on the field and then will just be absolutely genuine in, in shaking hands with the people after the games. And, and we put a thing in place where we have a, a safe word. <laughs> where during the hockey game, if I'm losing my cool, he will shout that out as a callback to me that something has been put in place to interrupt the compromise, to interrupt the losing of my character and integrity, and it doesn't always work, but there are times when it has worked. Terence is another guy I play hockey with, and I've given these guys permission. When I'm losing it, you have permission to pull me back, to help me when I don't have it in myself, to pull myself back. And so community becomes super valuable in terms of building up um, integrity and character. I was going to call this episode originally The Grit of Integrity, it felt a little bit cheesy, but, but there's, this, there's something in there, the grit of integrity. This constant repetitive movement in the same direction. And as with compromise, which grows and, and gets out of control and becomes this negative thing, when you've got character and you've got integrity and you build on that and that continues to grow and move in the same direction, so it just gets stronger. And that's maybe with the analogy of the pearl and the diamond are better because we're creating a good thing by constantly moving in the same direction, constantly making good choices, constantly leaning into the character and integrity that I am wanting to work into my life. The grit of integrity, because grit also speaks to something that's not easy. Maybe it's a little bit messy, but it takes work. It takes effort. It takes intentionality. And over time, we start to see a beautiful thing being created. I'd sum this all up in, in the title of, of this episode as, as just be lacquer. And maybe some of you are listening from overseas and you don't understand the Afrikaans word lacquer, which, which means good. It means cool, rad, kif, maybe not kifness, but, but all of those things. And at the same time, a lacquer in, in Afrikaans is also a sweet candy, something fun, something good. And so just this idea of just be lacquer, and I'm thinking of that in online spaces, which are often easy spaces for people to not be lacquer. And I think of it as the yes, let's of everyday momentary decisions. Yes, let's is, is the call and the catchphrase of the improv community. You know, I'm part of an improv team and we were doing shows last night and the night before and our catchphrase or our foundation, everything we build on is this idea of yes, let's. And so if we're making a story and I say, let's go to the beach, and you say, no, the story dies straight away. It's cut at its core. There's no more story. I've got to come up with a new idea. We've lost energy. Everything is stopped. But if I say, hey, let's go to the beach, and you go, yes, let's, they are about to start judging 
the sandcastle competition or yes let's i heard an alien ship just landed there suddenly you've taken my story and you've added to it and it's exciting and now we've got somewhere to go to and so as improv people we are constantly trying to build on each other's ideas we are constantly trying to be teamwork and and protect and carry and invest and grow together so that we can create some beautiful things as we did last night it was a musical improv show we created some amazing things because even though some things were weird and strange and out of control, the rest of the team said, yes, let's. And they leaned in and they stepped in and together we created stuff. So we're talking about the yes, let's of everyday momentary decisions. And when in doubt, you can sum it up like this. Don't be a dick. My sister-in-law, Shana, for Christmas a couple of years ago, she gave me this printed out poster for my office that says don't be a dick and i don't think i must have this conversation with her i don't think she was giving it to me to encourage me not to be a dick but but just because i spend a lot of time on the internet and i spend a lot of time dealing with people around issues of race and issues of treating women well and issues of homelessness and things like that those can be areas or religion or politics sexuality where where people can get quite heated and i think partly in that is a reminder to not stoop to the kind of things that you're getting from other people. When you start to realize that you see parts of the enemy, parts of the things you're against in your own character, that you're starting to resort to their methods and their words and their phrases, then you need to remember, oh wait, don't be a dick. And so when in doubt, let that be something that carries you. The yes, let's of everyday momentary decisions. Let's be more about creating and inspiring and encouraging and building and imagining and growing and fixing and planting and loving. How are we building community? And integrity and character are things that will lead you there. And community as well, as we link hands with other people. Who are the people doing amazing things in the neighborhood around you? Who are the people that are transforming? Who are the people that are protesting against injustices that you can go link up with? Yes, let's. That are people that can can help you learn and grow and be better persons. And then on social media, there's this idea of, of real versus mask are you pitching up as the person that you are or are you like so many people you have a picture of an animal you have a name that is jeffrey 6352759 clearly you're not showing up as yourself you're not showing up as a real person you're too scared to even put your profile picture as your real picture you're too scared to use your real name because the stuff you want to put on there is stuff that is, is, is aimed at hurting people, at belittling, at judging, at, at, at getting out toxicity, all those kind of things. Or do you show up in social media spaces and in life spaces as yourself, as real? Is the person I see the person that I'm going to get? That is one of my biggest values of life. What you see is what you get, and I don't get it right the whole time. But the person you see on the internet as Breadfish Anderson is, is the same passionate, values-driven person that you'll see if you meet me for coffee. And it may be a weaker, different version of of that person when you see me on the hockey field. But aiming, working towards being that same person. And so who are you? And in the next episode actually is about not being a mask hole. So we're going to go a little bit deeper into that conversation. But are you you working on this thing of, of character and integrity? Just be lacquer. Let me finish by looking at that full quote from Robert McKee that we started off with. Because it's a little bit longer than what I said. True character is revealed in the choices a human being makes under pressure. The greater the pressure, the deeper the revelation, the truer the choice to the character's essential nature. 
Let me read that again. True character is revealed in the choices a human being makes under pressure. The greater the pressure, the deeper the revelation, the truer the choice to the character's essential nature. Or to sum that all up, just be lacquer. Hope you have an amazing week. If, if anything from this episode jumped out at you, if you found this helpful, if you found this challenging, please recommend it to your friends. Let's get this around more ears. Go catch up on some old episodes. There are some amazing words waiting for you. But in the meantime, just be lacquer. I'm Brett Fish, and this is Out of the Fish. Thanks for listening. Thank you.